This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman, bringing clarity to Washington, D.C. news. We see corruption at every level in Washington. Exposing the deception plaguing our nation's capital. Not only what he told every Republican senator, but what he told the press over and over and over again was a simple lie and helping Christians stay informed about government. This puts a bigger burden on voters to go figure out what's actually going on. This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman on American Family Radio. Why do the polls seem to have it all wrong? That's what we'll talk about on the show today. Welcome to Exposing Washington on the American Family Radio. Radio Network, glad to have you with us today. The website is AFR.net, AFR.net. You can catch the show on 180 stations in 31 states, but if you're not in one of those states, then you can catch us online everywhere, so long as you have an internet connection, AFR.net. Download the app and keep up with the show, Exposing Washington, on our website, AFR. We're going to talk about several things today. First, we're going to talk about the various polls that are coming out, even uh, even over a year and a half out before the 2020 presidential election. We have a lot of polls coming out, and the vast majority of them are saying that Donald Trump's going to get beat in a landslide. And so if you if you read the polls nowadays, you would think that this thing's already over. We just need to you know, throw in our towels and go home. But we're going to talk to someone who knows more about that than I do. And then lastly, we'll talk about the Democrat debate last night and just all the free things that the Democrats are going to give us should we vote for them in 2020. I want to welcome to to the line John McLaughlin, who's CEO and partner of McLaughlin & Associates. And McLaughlin & Associates is a national survey research firm and a strategic services company who focuses on uh, mainly polling and various other things. John, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to be with you, Walter. John, uh, first off, tell us a little bit about McLaughlin and Associates and and maybe some of the different things that you do. Well, I've been uh, working as a a pollster, survey research expert, uh, well over 35 years now. And uh, going back, uh, I used to work for Arthur Finkelstein in the 80s, and we were one of the pollsters that worked for President Reagan. Um, and since then, we've worked for scores of U.S. senators. My brother Jim and I are partners, uh, scores of congressmen, uh, governors across the United States. Uh, I recently got back from uh, Israel because in the last two elections over there, I've polled for uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu. And uh, mm-hmm. in 2016, I had the privilege of working for President Trump from the primaries through the election, and it's like deja vu all over again, <laughs> where uh, they're telling us, oh, we can't win again. And, and uh, listening to your introduction, they're trying to sandbag us uh, that, gee, it's over, don't don't bother voting, because, uh, you know, the polls all say that, that Joe Biden's going to win. Well, those yeah. are all the biased liberal media polls that, if we'd listened to them in 2016, we'd all be talking about President Clinton right now, and she's mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, John, I want to get into these, and you know, I I I didn't send these over to you prior, so it's not like you're looking into the weeds of these polls, and and you have to read a few pages in to get the actual polling breakdown, how many voters they polled, etc. But just for example, in North Carolina, this is on real quick, real clear politics. They just cite to these different polls, but one of these polls in North Carolina back a few months ago. 
had President Trump uh, down like 10, between 10 and 15 percentage points in North Carolina, not Michigan, not Pennsylvania, North Carolina. Uh, what's going on when, uh, with, these, with these polls when it's that much off? Well, that one, I would say, first of all, you've got to look at the polls and you've got to see who are they calling and how are they calling. Uh, and you hope they're calling uh, rather than just making up with some sort of uh, online poll. But what I, I do work in North Carolina. I've done work for years. I did uh, Center Helm Center Fair Club in North Carolina. I worked for candidates across North Carolina. And last election, I worked for Congressman uh, George Holden from the Raleigh area. But, so I know North Carolina really well. And uh, last time around, North Carolina is one of the states that we were going to we're definitely going to win it decisively for President Trump, and then we're going to move on to the Rust Belt states to see you know, how well we do there. And fortunately, uh, God let us win with enough folks in mm-hmm. Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. But the uh, uh, but but it's a big difference in these polls. You can, first, you got to look at are they polling adults? Are they polling registered voters? Like when you look on that Real Clear Politics website and you look for the president's job approval. Virtually every poll they cite, except one, uh, is is not of likely voters. And there's a big difference between the universe of uh, eligible voters and, uh, and and registered voters and likely voters. So, in back in 2016, when uh, uh, over the summer, where all the polls had us losing, uh, President then Donald Trump and his and his son-in-law Jared Kushner, they asked me. How are we going to win? All these polls say we're going to lose. And I said, first of all, we're going to max out the anti-Obama and anti-Hillary vote. Then we're going to siphon up libertarians from Gary Johnson. Mm-hmm. And the third thing we're going to do is we're going to increase turnout because Mitt Romney and Barack Obama had a lower turnout in 2012 than 2008. And 90 million Americans who were eligible to vote did not vote. And we had survey studies. We knew there were conservatives in that group. We knew there were Christian voters in that mm-hmm. group. We knew that we could get out millions of people who would agree with us and vote for us. And that's what the president did. He brought out, he worked his butt off, and he got 9 million more voters to come out that year for a record 139 million. And we were able to pull off an electoral win that defied those polls. Yeah. Well, those polls, again, you're seeing it here where they're saying his job approval and that real politics average, they're saying his job approval is only 44% in the average. <laughs> Well, every one of those polls, except the Rasmussen poll, is of registered voters or adults. Right. And that means that they've got the 90 million in there that aren't going to vote. Mm-hmm. And and they're really not reflecting. It could be 100. Polls of poor predictors of turnout could be 140 million voters, could right. be 150 million voters. We know it would be higher than last time. But that still means 70, 80 million people that are eligible may not vote. Mm-hmm. And they're in these polls, and they're biased against us. So when you look at the Rasmussen poll, which is likely voters are modeled after the 2016 turnout, in that one, the president has a 48% job approval. And we put out a poll yesterday that we do every month, put on our, our website on mclaughlinonline.com, and we had a 47% job approval. So right. it's really the same number. And what's magic about that number is, when you look at the last two presidents who were reelected, George W. Bush had a 51% job approval in the year he was running for office, he won with 51%. And Barack Obama, in 2012, after Hurricane Cindy hit, he got a 51% job approval on Election Day, and he won with 51%. 
the Democrats and liberals know this, and the media, the, the biased uh, liberal media knows this, mm-hmm. and they're trying to hold the president's job approval down below 50% so that he doesn't get reelected uh, because if he gets 51% job approval or higher, He's going to get the votes to get reelected. That's what's going on, right? Yeah, you're exactly right, John. And one aspect or one part of 2016 that that nobody saw coming except probably the Trump campaign, based on your polling and your research, is that oh, if I correct me if I'm wrong, but at least six million voters voted for President Trump in 2016 who who hadn't voted in years. These folks were some of them were registered, but like you're saying, that that over six million. Uh, voted for President Trump, who hadn't been to the ballot box in years. Some of them haven't been to the ballot box in a decade or 20 years, but all of a sudden they turned out for President Trump. And in states like Pennsylvania, Florida, Michigan, when you have 100,000 people show up who who haven't been to the ballot box you know, in years and they all vote for President Trump, that's one factor that nobody can really predict. Right. And we also, we, we consciously went out there and created this New coalition was a really a heartland coalition of uh, Sun Belt voters and Rust Belt voters, and what we were doing is we we had surveys. And by the way, your your point about not turning out, um, we had lists of voters who voted in two thousand eight, two thousand ten, but not twelve, and they walked away from that election. And when we surveyed them, first of all, when we did just ran the numbers, there was a half million in Virginia, there was eight hundred thousand in Ohio, there was a million in Florida. And when we surveyed who they were, only 42% would have voted for President Obama in 2012. But they walked away because of the negative campaign they threw at Mitt Romney. Huh. But when when Donald Trump went into it with fight and stood on his, uh, on principle and, and conservative principles, uh, they came out for us because, you know, they knew that, and, and by the way, they were working class families. These were not, that, you know, they were, and, and it was diverse. It wasn't just white voters. It was, you had Hispanics, you had African Americans in there. And they came from the heartland, and a lot of them were Christian voters. And they had been turned off in 2012 because of, you know, Mitt Romney ran like a country club Republican. Mm-hmm. And these are working-class people. Donald Trump stood on issues of, of trade and, and uh, immigration and fighting for their jobs and fighting for the rule of law in the country. And uh, he, he, he ran as an unabashedly pro-life candidate. Yep. And uh, he was able to get those voters to come back out and... Uh, you know, the Democrats are onto that strategy now, so that you can see in the midterms they brought out their anti Trump vote. Uh, but Donald Trump wasn't on the ballot. So now he's on the ballot, and boy, that, the, the Democratic debate last night, the first one that I watched, mm-hmm. um, we should run that as an infomercial for the Trump campaign. <laughs> yeah, right. you're they're, right. They're, yeah, they're just. I know, run it on repeat. And, and and one thing I want to point out is and, and the Mitt Romney campaign, I knew they were done when he wouldn't go to Chick-fil-A and buy a chicken sandwich. Remember there was that big dust-up with Dan Cathy's quote from years ago basically saying, I believe in traditional marriage? And right. and, and, and this this was a, like a, a private quote based, basically saying, I personally believe in traditional marriage. Dan Cathy, one person, the owner of Chick-fil-A says that, you know, the left goes ballistic. And Mitt Romney couldn't bring up, uh, couldn't muster up the, the courage to go to Chick-fil-A, stand in line, and get a chicken sandwich during the election campaign. I knew he was done. And to your point, John, a lot of those people that walked away were probably evangelical uh, Christians, evangelical and conservative Christians, who said, uh, I'm not voting for, for Romney. But the, right. po- the, 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 
the traditional Republican establishment often uh, tells President Trump, you know, he needs to to put down his Twitter. He needs to quit weighing in on things. I even have this story out of the USA Today where some of these these so-called uh, GOP consultants uh, have said that you know Donald Trump doesn't need to uh, offer feedback on the on the Democratic primary uh, debates like last night. He just needs to keep quiet, et cetera, et cetera. But what I'm getting from you, John, is that the voters actually like that President Trump weighs in on things instead of sits in the White House with his mouth shut and doesn't actually weigh in on what's going on in our country. Uh, exactly. And by the way, those same people. They, they go nuts when they see me going near the White House. They're, they're like, they don't don't let him talk to the president. They, <laughs> yeah. they, they often attack me in the press because because I'll be the one to tell them. And that survey that I told you that we put up this monthly survey, uh, uh, it's on com. 29% of all voters are telling us this month, and it's up this month, that they regularly follow President Trump on Twitter, uh, Facebook, or Instagram. Mm-hmm. And those voters, over 70% approve the job he's doing. Wow. So the, the difference is they get his opinions and his ideas unfiltered. Mm-hmm. We saw the same thing in the State of the Union address. We did surveys of swing voters for the campaign after the State of the Union address, and two-thirds of the voters had watched that. Remember, we had a, he had a huge audience. I mean, he, you know, Donald Trump is a, uh, he's an expert on TV. He had the number one rated TV show in Celebrity Apprentice mm-hmm. for years. And uh, uh, so the State of the Union dress, which, you know, hopefully you saw it, it was great. And if you walked away from that, you proved the job he was doing. If you saw the media reports, you had a 26-point worse opinion of that because it, it was like you, you didn't realize they watched the same speech. They were, they were, <laughs> uh, they were, they were saying, oh, it was terrible. It was dividing America. It was dark. It was like it was a great speech. Yeah. And it was very hopeful, optimistic. Even the media polls on CBS said he was uniting Americans. Yeah, but, that, that uh, was that, think, that was, in my opinion, yeah. one of the best speeches he's given. And he's given a lot yeah. of good ones, uh, but that was one of the best. Yeah, and his and 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 you really, when you think about it, if people see him unfiltered, whether they're following him on Facebook and they actually watch his announcement speech. We also had twenty six percent of all voters. So his announcement speech in uh, Florida, 15% saw it on Fox News. By the way, CNN, they had it on the first six minutes. I was watching it, but it, as soon as the Trump people started chanting, they cut it off. Yeah, they, they cut away. CNN. And, and, uh, but the media is really our, our opponent, our real opponent this time. I mean, those Democrats in that debate last night and tonight, I mean, they're scary for America because they're, they, they really want to change America and they don't like the way America is right now and they want to go someplace where we've never been in terms of total government control of our lives, mandates. I mean, it's just, uh, it, it, you know, it's like Obama on steroids. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, they, they will really, they will, they will really end the values that we know in this country if, if they ever get in power and actually, uh, you know, try to do things. I mean, it, it's, but it's, you know, I don't know about Joe Biden tonight because he's kind of—I think he's much weaker than people think. Yeah. But when you see Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren and, and these other Democrats running to the left, I mean, it's, it's a scary sight. Yeah, you're exactly right, John. John McLaughlin, CEO and partner of McLaughlin and Associates. John, thanks for coming on the show, and I want to have you uh, on again between now, a couple times between now and the 2020 election. Thanks, John. Thank you for the opportunity. All right. God bless. Keep up the great work. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Well, there you have it, John McLaughlin uh, of McLaughlin and Associates. They are 
if you're going to go, uh, if you want to know the polls and the sentiment going on in our country, then you need to go read McLaughlin and Associates polling data because they actually have a, a, a finger on the pulse of our country and what, how people are actually feeling. And, and just because John McLaughlin and his, and his polling firm, because they're getting things right, doesn't mean that they're, you know, they're in Trump's pocket, that, that, they're, that they're a right-wing polling firm. No, they actually look at the facts, and the facts actually end up favoring President Trump when it comes to the polls. And one thing we can learn from that is just these, these mainstream polls, these so-called mainstream polls, like CBS, Quinnipiac, and Quinnipiac has traditionally been held in high respect or high regards, but you, we just need to forget all that. I mean, don't, I wouldn't even look at it, and I know that's hard. To, that's easy to say, harder to do, but I would just flat out ignore these polls. Why? Because they get it wrong every single time, and uh, th- this election is going to be no different. They're going to see Don- Donald Trump's going to lose in a landslide. Donald Trump's going to lose in a landslide. And what's probably going to happen? Donald Trump's going to win in a landslide. You've been listening to Exposing Washington on American Family Radio Network. Glad to have you with us. I'll post a link to John McLaughlin's uh, recent poll on our podcast page at AFR.net, podcast page at AFR.net. I want to talk about a couple more news stories before we end the show. This story ties in well with what I've been talking about on China. You know, I've been talking the past few weeks about the threat that we face as a country, America, versus the Chinese government, the Chinese communist government there. And the this story is out of Israel. Here's the headline. Israel says that their GPS system mysteriously disrupted in its airspace, but the planes uh, in the airspace were allowed to continue to fly. This is out of Reuters, and I'll post this on our podcast page. But the point I want to draw here is that the one of the main GPS or uh, geo-positioning systems in Israel around one of their main airports, LaGuardia. No, I'm sorry. LaGuardia is in uh, New York. Tel Aviv's Ben-Gurion Airport in Tel Aviv, Israel. Their GPS system went out. And to date, here's the answer that they gave. When asked what happened or if they knew what happened to their GPS system, the spokesperson said, no, I don't know. So they don't know what happened. And I'm drawing conclusions here, and I'm re- this is just a hypothetical. We, don't, we really don't know what happened, so I'm not going to try to act like I know what happened here. But this is what we could see if China is allowed to dominate outer space. What are you talking about, Walker? I'm talking about China and other adversaries being able to disable GPS systems from outer space. And this sounds science fiction, sounds like it couldn't happen. America's not going to let that happen. But, folks, a lot of this stuff is out of our control, at least right now. A lot of these these technologies are out of American hands and in the hands of the Chinese government and Russia and other uh, foreign adversaries. But this story is a prime example of what we could see happen more often should China be able to dominate outer space what could happen? Not only could you see GPS systems go out or be hacked or, or shut down, but you could see 
warships, planes, I mean, all the military equipment that now is run off electronics, all of that could be disabled from outer space with the click of one button uh, should uh, China be allowed to dominate outer space and send send up all their satellites and all their military equipment into outer space. So the the president pre- President Trump and the White House they're on top of this. This is why President Trump created the Space Force. No, he didn't create the Space Force so we could go back to the moon and plant a flag. Although that's a good idea, President Trump created the Space Force so that America can get the upper hand the next few years in outer space to prevent the Chinese uh, communists from uh, getting control of outer space. Another thing I want to talk about, um, and and the Chinese government is feeling the pinch. They're feel, they're hurt. They're hurting now. President Trump's placed tariffs on the Chinese government, and they're they're right now planning to ask President Trump when they meet this. I think they're meeting in the next few days over at the G20 summit. But I think the the Chinese government is going to ask President Trump to lay off sanctions. And, and and tariffs on Huawei. We talked about Huawei with Frank Gaffney of the Secure Freedom Minute on American Family Radio. And Frank Gaffney was telling us about the threat uh, that Huawei faces, that Huawei is to America. What is Huawei? It's a company uh, in China, a state-owned Chinese company. And they'll say, no, we're not connected to the Chinese government. That's a bunch of bull. They're so connected to the Chinese government, they take their cue from the Chinese government. What does Huawei do when it comes to America? They make the uh, they make a, a a large portion of our cellular phones, our smartphones, most notably the Android or the Google phones. Who's made that historically? Huawei. Huawei has has had had that technology in their hands, so they uh, easily could be inserting spy equipment into American uh, uh, cellular phones, American drones, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we'll keep an eye on that and keep you updated on that. Another topic I want to talk about is the illegal immigration crisis on our southern border. And, you know, the, the Democrats said, they said, that, you know, a few months ago when President Trump was trying to bring attention to this, they kept saying, oh, no, that this is no problem. There's no crisis down here, uh, nothing to see here on the southern border. Well, guess what they're doing now? They're going, oh, this is a crisis. This is all President Trump's fault. We've got to get this fixed. President Trump should be ashamed of himself. So my question is, is it a crisis or is it not? And I think we all know the answer, and that is that it is absolutely a crisis. So the Democrats, full of hypocrisy there, that's what's going on on the southern border, and it has to be fixed. Shame on the Democrats for not being able or not being willing to fix it. Last few minutes of the show, I want to play a clip or two from the Democratic debate on Thursday night. And let's play first this montage clip to all the Democrats, several of the Democrats, talking about the, quote, immigration and humanitarian crisis on the southern border. Clip two, let's listen. On day one, I will make sure that, number one, we end the ICE policies and the customs and border policies that are violating the human rights. When people come to their, this country, they do not leave their human rights at the border. For all the American citizens out there who feel you're falling behind, who feel the American dream's not working for you, the immigrants didn't do that to you. We would not build walls. We would not put kids in cages. Immigrants 
They do not diminish America. They are America. What kind of country are we running here? We've got to tell this president that is not a sign Savannah, of strength, Mr. Congress, president. Congress. That is a sign of weakness. When somebody comes across the border, not to criminalize desperation, to treat that as a civil violation. <laughs> what you have there is a montage of the various Democrats, Cory Booker, de Blasio, O'Rourke, Globachar, Klobuchar, Castro, what a great last name, tongue-in-cheek. The um, That's a montage of basically all of them in agreement, saying, we're just going to abolish Immigration and Customs Enforcement, and not only that, we're just going to let people walk into the country because that's a civil right. That's a human right. Let people walk into our country, flood our country, take our jobs. That's a human right. This is outrageous. The Democrats are more focused on protecting foreigners than they are our own citizens. They are legitimately uh, uh, arguing and debating with more with more up and more enthusiasm for foreign people that we don't even know. Meanwhile, L.A. County alone has thirty to 40,000 homeless people on the streets. Oh, but let's not talk about that because that's not a problem. Let's move on and talk about uh, President Trump's economy last night uh, uh, on Thursday night at the Democrat debate. I'm sorry, it was Wednesday night. There, Thursday night is, is uh, round two of the debate. But this all happened on Wednesday night of this past week. Let's play clip three about Trump's economy coming from the Democrats. Who is this economy really working for? When you've got an economy that does great for those with money and isn't doing great for everyone else, that is corruption, pure and simple. We need to call it out, we need to attack it head on, and we need to make structural change. Donald Trump just sits in the White House and gloats. This is supposed to be the party of working people. Yes, we're supposed to be for 70% tax rate on the wealthy. Yes, we're supposed to be for free college, free public college. This economy has got to work for everyone. And right now we know that it isn't. This is actually a, an economy that's hurting small businesses and not allowing them to compete. That is, that's a lie. There's no other way. You can't, you cannot accurately describe that in any other way to say, other than to say these Democrats are lying through their teeth. They're flat out lying. How can I say that? Because they know better. They know better. The, there is record under President Trump. There is not only is the stock market soaring, but there is record low unemployment. Absolute record low unemployment for various classes of people, most notably the black community, Hispanics, women. Record low unemployment. Wages are rising. This is the facts. And to say that when big business is doing well, that, um, that the little man's getting hurt, that's just factually not true. When big business is doing well, what do they do? They hire more workers. What else do they do? They give pay raises. That's the natural effects of capitalism. And so this, this whole shaming of corporate America, yeah, sometimes I don't like corporate America because they lean liberal, but that doesn't mean that, that capitalism is evil. No, capitalism is good. It creates freedom. Exposing Washington American Family Radio, AFR.net's a website. We'll be back next week with more of Exposing Washington.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.